Hi everyone, and welcome to Fine Vines and Wine. I'm your host, Karis Pixie, and each week I'll be giving you all an insight into the behind the scenes of our favorite beverage, wine. I'd love for you to use this podcast platform as a winery guide for your next weekend away, exploring everything Australia has to offer. You never know, you might discover a new spot or two to visit. I acknowledge the Cadigal peoples, traditional custodians of the land that we recorded today's podcast episode on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. On this week's episode of Fine Vines and Wine, I'm joined by Ricky Young, the category manager for BWS. Welcome, thank you for joining me. How has your week been and how was your trip to Adelaide? Awesome. Good morning and uh, thanks for having me. So, look, so recently just gotten back from Adelaide. So I got back yesterday and I was in Adelaide for a week. So, look, Adelaide is absolutely uh, beautiful, lots of good food, Mm. lots of good wine. Um, So I absolutely had a blast, you know. But, look, just got back uh, yesterday. So I was back back to reality today. And a busy few weeks coming up, you know, so back into the swing of things now. I'm very jealous. I would love to go back again. Did you have a favorite winery um, from your Adelaide trip? And did you pick up any special bottles? So we went to a few wineries while we're there. So we went to the Barossa, um, Mm. which is absolutely beautiful. We went to the McLaren Vale, you know, which is uh, on the coast and is a beautiful coastal town. So look, um, from my point of view, I'd say the highlight was actually Serafino uh, Winery. Uh, look, that's in the McLaren Vale, an absolutely beautiful location, uh, awesome wine, um, awesome food. So, look, that was a real highlight. Um, and, look, in terms of special bottles, I mean, look, we had a lot of food and a lot of wine, um, a few bottles of Rockford Basket Press, um, actually, which is a really delicious Shiraz as well. So oh, wow. those are probably the two highlights from the trip. Yeah, no, amazing. I've been. I went. We went to McLaren Vale as well, but we um we only went to Darrenburg and down the rabbit hole wines, and we didn't really have much time to do anything else. So I definitely need to go back. It's it's amazing as well how much how time consuming it all is. Like I had so many yes. other wineries I wanted to visit, wanted to see, um, but time just goes so quickly. You know, I think in the McLaren Vale, for example, we had five wineries we wanted to visit. Um, we only mm. got to three, you know, and the day was pretty much over. So uh, it is still quite t- time consuming, surprisingly. Yeah, definitely. I think when we went to the Barossa, we managed to get to, in the Barossa, we did five and my boyfriend was driving, which I probably shouldn't say. Um, <laughs> I was very drunk because he kept pouring them into my glass. I was like, oh God, okay, I'll keep drinking. Um, and then in McLaren Vale, he drove again. But yeah, we only did two because it was a little bit further away. So yeah and what was the what was the highlight for your trip while you were there oh well he got it for me for my 30th birthday present so that was like a highlight in itself um I think my favorite was Calabria family wines and Darenberg as well I really like Darenberg yeah the cube is quite cool hey it's quite quirky yeah as well. I even remember I went to the bathroom in there once and even the bathrooms are quirky you know it's uh want to bring mm. into the range um but then we do also review the range and we see well hey what's not working and where is there more opportunity for so um we review different varieties at different times yeah. so the red review for example um takes place in may and then there's you know sparkling and white review that take place um later on in the year so look what that just means is hey we review our range we bring in new and exciting stuff and we also review the range and we look at hey where are the opportunities and uh you know not what's you know what our customers 
um, you know, what's not working and where's their opportunity um, to improve the range or, you know, to bring in new things. Okay, so it's more about what's working on the consumer side than you guys going through and tasting them? So so what happens is the range review, um, so we send, an e- we send a brief or an email out to our suppliers and we essentially tell yeah. them, um, you know, our range review is now open. So what that means is suppliers will submit new wines to be ranged um, okay. within our stores. And look, we have a, you know, we have a brief and certain things that we're looking for. So what that means is suppliers will submit lines to be ranged. And then we go through a process of reviewing those wines. Um, you know, we do taste the wines um, okay. We make sure the wines fit the brief in terms of what we're looking for. And then if everything matches and everything aligns, you know, that's when we'll bring those wines and we'll range them into BWS. Ah, oh, amazing. That sounds, I would love to do something like that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it sounds cool, but there's a lot of work behind it and there's a lot of wine oh, yeah, that have to taste. So a lot of people <laughs> say, oh, that's my dream job. I wish I could do that. Uh, but I tell you what, sometimes it can be a little bit full on tasting that much oh, wine. Oh, my gosh. Especially with red wine as well, because I know even though you're spitting it out, I'm assuming, um, it's still quite heavy in the mouth. So, yeah, I can imagine that would be quite hard. Yeah, and sometimes your tasting session might start at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. in the morning, oh you know. So uh, it's a, a, a nice uh, nice amount of grapes for breakfast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, what's your most memorable moment that you've experienced during your wine journey? Good question. Um so I was lucky enough actually to do a vintage experience at Chapel Hill in the McLaren Vale oh, wow. about three years ago. So what that meant was I actually stayed at the winery uh, for three days and, you know, I helped them pick the grapes. You know, we did pump overs and, you know, we ran all the vines and grapes through the machines. Um, so, look, it was actually, it was really awesome to be able to see, you know, that process from start to finish and just stay at the winery itself for those three days yeah. and just experience, you know, everything that they went through um, during vintage, which is such a busy time. Mm. Um, and as well, the other piece as well is just how beautiful the McLaren Vale actually is. Um, you know, it's on the coast. Um, you know, there's, you can actually see from some of the vineyards, you can see the beach, you can see the yeah. coast, which is absolutely awesome. Um, and while I was there as well, I remember I went to a, I went to a, it's a bit of a, you know, uh, I think it's like a restaurant or a hotel called, I think it's the Victory um, Hotel. Um, okay. And they actually have a cellar at the bottom of the hotel. And you can actually, you know, normally when you're picking your wine, you're looking at a wine list and you're choosing mm. based on the wine list. But it was really cool because you could actually, you'd actually go into the cellar and you'd pick your wine from the cellar. So you could say, oh, you know, I'd like a bottle of this to drink at that place. Um, and it's just so cool and so different, you know, because rather than ordering off a wine list, you're in this big yeah. cellar with hundreds of bottles of wine and you're just like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty cool. I'd like to try that with my dinner, you know. So um, that was quite oh, a unique awesome. experience as well. Um, and you mentioned as well, you know, that you've been to the McLaren Vale. Um, but, look, it's one of those regions as well that's absolutely beautiful and I encourage um, everyone, if possible, to get out there and just see how beautiful it actually is. Um, when I was in there recently, um, you know, we had a, we had a we had a driver for the day, um, and he took us yeah. around. And he was still saying that people that visit Adelaide, about eight out of ten people um, visit the Barossa, and only you know about two out of ten are going to the McLaren Vale. So look, the Barossa as well in itself, it's a great region, but um, the McLaren Vale very uh, very underrated, and it flies under the radar a little bit. I feel. Yeah, no, definitely. No, the, well, to be honest, the main reason that we went to McLarenville was because I wanted to go to Down the Rabbit Hole Wines um, because I follow Elise Cook who runs it with her partner on Instagram. So that was kind of what made me initially want to go. And then someone was like, oh, if you're going, you should go to Darrenburg as well. But I think if that hadn't been there, I probably would have just been like, oh, we'll just stay around the Barossa. So 
I'm very glad that that kind of made me go so I could see other parts of it as well. Yeah, absolutely awesome to see. And it's good to good to expand those horizons, you know, and uh, see some different regions. Yeah, definitely. I'm um, going back to working for doing the vintage. Apparently, it's really, really hard work as oh, well. It, it is. It's not easy. You know, I was exhausted. I think, you know, you start quite early and it's long hours for a lot of the people as well because mm. um, the winery's flat chat. You know, it's about, you know, 10 to or anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks of the year where vintage is in full swing. So it's pretty yeah. much nonstop for those 8 to 12 weeks, uh, you know, picking the grapes, putting it all through the machinery and just making sure, uh, you know, everything's in a good position um, to, you know, to um, what, to put the um, grapes, um, you know, into the tanks and everything. Yeah, so it was all hand-picking as well, no machine-picking? Um, it depends. So Chapel Hill does a bit of both, actually. So for yeah. some of their more premium wines, they are, are hand-picked. So, look, it's a bit, yeah. of a bit of a mixture of, of both, and I think that's what most places are doing these days. What do you think the wine industry will see more or less of in 2021? Um, so, look, I think you'll see a lot more new and interesting as people continue to expand their horizons in wine. Mm. And what I mean by new and interesting, look, I think you'll see some unique and trendy varietals. Uh, so, you know, yes. we're seeing like, you know, your, um, in reds, for example, Sangioveses, uh, Montepulcianos, uh, mm-hmm. Nero's, for example. And I think you'll see a lot of different bottle shapes and formats, which is really exciting as well. So, you know, we're seeing canned wine, um, we're yes. seeing half bottles as well, um, you know, which are really starting to pick up some steam. Um, look, in terms of what's coming for BWS, look, I can't give too much away, but <laughs> there is some exciting stuff coming, especially in the red wine and cask space um, Ooh, this okay. coming year. So, look, keep it, keep an eye out for that because there's some really cool stuff um, that's about to hit the market. Oh, perfect. So cask wine is a massive thing or it's sort of coming back. What what are your thoughts on it? Oh, look, I think I think it is making a comeback. I mean, we saw um, we saw throughout COVID, you know, that a lot of people did get back into the cask wine space. Yes. Um, and look, we're seeing as well over in overseas markets, for example, um, cask wine is doing very well. Um, I think unfortunately in Australia, there's a bit of a stigma around cask yes. wine at the moment and look that's that's what we're trying to overcome at the moment because look you can actually get some pretty good quality cask wine you know so yeah, definitely. Look, what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to remove that stigma we know overseas how well that format is actually doing so look we see huge opportunity um in that space in the australian market so um watch watch this space um over the coming months <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Because I know when I first came to Australia when I was 18, um, me and all my friends would drink cask wine, which was Banrock Station, and it was disgusting. And we used to mix it with lemonade because it was just like the taste was horrible. But now, <laughs> like, I've been, um, I work with Calabria Wines a few times and they sent me their banter box, and I love it. Like, the rose is amazing. Um, they have a Montepulciano, which is also really good as well. And I love that I can open it, have a couple of glasses, and then it doesn't go off. Like I have 30 days to sort of finish it a little bit. It's good if you want like just a glass. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely awesome. And look, I mean, I might touch on this a little bit later, but we are seeing mm. that trend, you know, towards uh, moderation as well. So cask wine is absolutely yes. perfect. You know, you can have a glass um, every every couple of days, you know, rather than having to finish the bottle uh, straight away, which is which is really cool. Can you explain what the BWS Insider Program is? Yeah, so I've been a part of the BWS Insider Program now for 
look, I think it's nearing three years actually, so it has been a while. So what it is, it's a group of BWS team members. Um, Some people work in store, some people work in support office. So look, it's literally a unique um, group of team members who come together um, to share their passion for drinks essentially. Um, So I think at the moment there's maybe about um, 20 to 30 of us in total. Don't quote me on that. I could be a little bit wrong. (laughs) And look, for us, um, we're just having a blast connecting with, you know, like-minded individuals over social media and sharing the drinks, um, sharing the drinks that we love. So, I mean, we've what what we've seen as well throughout social media as well, um, you know, it's great to rather than supporting products, um, it's good to put like a face behind the product. So that's kind of where, you know, the whole insider program came in. No, that's awesome. Do you have to apply to be a part of it or can anyone that works for BWS be a part of it? Yeah, so you you do have to apply. Um, so, look, um, there was a bit of an application process. Um, but, look, I think what we've kind of been able to do in that space I think is really cool. And what we've seen as well is uh, Dan Murphy's now actually has a bit of a similar program as well, ah. which has popped up. So, look, there has <laughs> been uh, – I think there has been some good success um, out of the program actually because at first it was a bit of a pilot – it was a bit of a test and learn, you know, would it resonate, how would it go? And it's been a huge mm. success actually. So, um, look, BWS continues to continues to support it, you know, now more than ever, um, yeah. which, is, which, is re- which is really cool. No, I really like that as well because I find that, well, with all the talks, especially about wine influencers at the moment and how people think they're just doing it for free wine, I kind of feel like people would relate more to a BWS insider because they work for BWS so they know that that's their job and they'll probably be more trusting of your wine recommendations as well. Yeah, exactly. That, that That's that's it. And that's, that's the big social media shift we're kind of seeing at the moment, you know, whereas people are trusting um, people a little bit yeah. more than brands, you know. So I think it's just, you know, kind of following with that social media trend. What are the consumer trends that you're already seeing this year? I guess we're in April, which this year is going so quickly. Um, oh my but- god, I can't believe how quickly this year is going. I mean, my birthday's coming up in eleven days, you know, but it felt like um, it felt like I mean, only maybe a month or so back that we're celebrating New Year's, you know. So it's crazy. I know it's crazy. Yeah, it's going so quickly. Um, what are the consumer trends that you're seeing for this year? Yeah, so we're seeing a big shift towards those easier drinking varietals. So, you know, your Pinot Noirs, um, Rosé, Prosecco, Pinot Grigio. I mean, look, they're just just so easy to drink and they're such a joy to drink. So, look, to no surprise, we are seeing a big shift towards those easier drinking varieties. Um, Mm -hmm. What we're we're also seeing is we're seeing the rise of low-alk um, and zero alk wines and any yes. other wines that classify as better for you. Um, so when I say better for you, I mean, you know, organic, uh, preservative vegan. free, yep, even vegan. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, we know people these days are more health conscious than ever uh, and they want to know what they're putting into their bodies these days more than yeah. ever, you know. So we're starting to see this trend in the wine industry um, more and more. Um, I think when I look at the liquor industry, you know, beer did such a good job with kind of that zero out. Um, and now yes. we're seeing, you know, some of the other, uh, some of the other categories start to follow and with big success as well. In the spirit section anyway, I love Seedlip. I think Seedlip do such a good job. It tastes exactly the same and their marketing is great. Do you have many non-alcohol, non-alcoholic wines in stock at the moment? Yeah. So look, I'd still say that in terms of 
lower alcohol. We have a great selection of lower alcohol wines. In terms of zero alcohol wines, look, we are still improving our range in that space. I mean, look, if you wanted a zero alcohol um, sparkling Chardonnay, Shiraz, Pinot, look, we we more than cater for that. But still, the selection is still a little bit limited, you know. So in each variety, we might only have, you know, one, two or three bottles at this point in time. So look, it is a focus for us and you will continue to Mm. see our range expand in that space because, look, um, it's what consumers are looking for and it's that trend that we're seeing at the moment. And I think um, it's it's quite – look, I, I actually, I heard one of your podcasts as well where you went into the process, I think, of zero yes. alcohol wine. So, um, look, I'm, I'm probably not, you know, fully understanding of the process mm-hmm. as better as, you know, some other people. But it's also quite difficult to do. So I think if we go back two to three years ago, we might not have had the – resource and the capabilities yeah um you know to fully offer good quality zero alcohol or you know low alcohol wine but um the winemakers in the industry are getting better and better and i feel finally you know we're in a good position that we can have um zero alcohol or low alcohol wine that actually tastes like wine yes exactly no that's actually what i was going to say anyway i feel like it'd be quite hard because even though I've had some great non-alcoholic wine, like the plus and minus range, which is amazing. I've also had some non-alcoholic wine, which is not very nice at all and doesn't (laughs) taste like alcohol. And I kind of think, especially if you're a pregnant woman who is wanting, um, who's wanting to still be able to enjoy a glass of non-alcoholic wine, you want it to taste exactly like it tastes instead of tasting something which isn't as good. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, look, that's the problem that we've had over the last uh, few years. But look, winemakers, um, they continue to get better at better in this, you know, zero alcohol or low alcohol space. So, you know, we're finally starting to get some good stuff, which is absolutely awesome. Amazing. No, I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Don't leave just yet. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you ever open a bottle of wine when you're hosting a party or just want a couple of glasses at home and for some reason you don't actually finish it? I'm definitely guilty of that and it's so frustrating seeing good wine go to waste. Luckily, I recently discovered the most perfect solution and I'm so excited to share it with you all. Today's episode is brought to you by WineSave, the all-natural wine preserver helping your open bottles of wine last longer and stay fresher so you can enjoy drinking them for weeks instead of days after opening. Made from pure argon gas and invented right here in Australia, WineSafe is a must for any wine lover and entertainer, having already protected over 10 million bottles of wine around the world. All it takes is a quick spray in your open bottle, seal it back up and you have an extra peace of mind when it comes to savouring your wine. Try it for yourself and save 15% off with my code 2021CARIS15, spelt C-H-A-R-I-S, available to purchase at winesave.com.au. Happy sipping. What's the selection process when you're adding new wines to the store? Yeah, so I touched on this briefly before, but look, I might go yeah. into it uh, with a little bit more detail now. So as I mentioned, we do review our range um, once a year and we review different varieties at different times. Um, you yeah. know, we have such a big range in BWS. If we had to review red wine, white wine, sparkling and champagne and rosé all at the one time, it would just be so much to do. So we do try to break it out a little bit, you know, so we can review the range uh, in more detail so what we actually do is we'll send out a brief um, to our existing mm. suppliers or to new suppliers 
Um, yeah. And that brief will state what we're actually looking for. Um, so if we looked at a red wine review, for example, it might be, well, you know what, we're looking for these certain varieties, we're looking for Pinot, we're looking for, you know, uh, Grenache, uh, mm. we're looking for Montepulciano, for example. And then it might say as well, you know, we're looking for um, products that are, you know, lighter in alcohol, lower in alcohol. So, look, we do send out a brief that states what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and what you'll often find is that brief, or not often, what you'll find is that that brief often matches up to current um industry trend so as yeah. i said it'll be on trend varieties uh better for you products uh, and products that have an authentic story um that will help bring new customers into wine um because look that's okay. essentially you know what we want to do at the end of the day you know we want to have a you know compelling um range of products that our customers love uh and products as well that are going to bring new customers into the wine category can you tell me a little more about the local lover campaign and will this become a regular thing? Yeah, so this this was a campaign that we ran um, as part of our ongoing strategy to support local producers. So um, producers or even customers uh, could nominate their favourite products to be ranged into BWS. Um, so look, yeah. it's a really good opportunity to connect with, you know, those more, um, to connect with, you know, the, those customers that are passionate you know about local products yeah and to connect with those producers um, as well uh, and look the timing of the campaign was really good because it fell during the COVID period uh, yes. so timing was absolutely perfect um, and look in terms of will we see more of this going forward I mean we know that people these days um, they want to support local they want to shop local uh, so look campaigns like this um, I definitely think we'll see a lot more of this uh, going forward. Amazing. Were you surprised by any of the ones that won or was there a like broad selection for everyone to pick from? Oh, look, there was look, there was a huge selection because, you know, anyone could essentially be nominated. But look, yeah. in terms of in terms of the winners in each state, I mean, look, wasn't not too surprising because, look, some of those winners, they do have a pretty good footprint in their home yeah. state. Um, but look, it was awesome to kind of, you know, follow their journey and see the results nonetheless. What wines are you drinking right now? I know you've just been to Adelaide, so you probably drank everything. Yeah, um, I know anything wines... and everything. I think Adelaide's about to go through a bit of a wine shortage at the moment, you know, after my trip. Um, oh, my gosh. But yeah, look, look, the weather is getting a little bit cooler now. So, look, even mm. throughout summer and when it was hot, I was all about red wine. Um, when it was a little bit hot, you know, it was more about those easy drinking varieties. So, you know, it might have been a chilled Pinot um, or some of even those lighter reds. Um, but look, at the moment, I'd say, you know, Grenache, I'm a big Grenache fan, um, Melbecks. Yes. Uh, when I think about it, actually, I actually haven't been drinking a lot of white wine, you know. Um, it's been all about no, red wine neither. lately. So, look, I think I actually do need to um, get whites um, back on the palate because it feels subconsciously I've been um, avoiding them a little bit. So, look, naturally, um, I'm a huge red wine fan, but, look, I do enjoy mm. all types of wines. So, yeah, look, at the moment, Grenache. Uh, Melbeck, so I even enjoy a Pinot as well. So um, you can't can't go wrong with any of those. Yeah, definitely. No, I actually feel I'm the same with white wine. Like in my wine fridge, the most I have is white wine. Like all <laughs> of my shelves are full, but everything else is sort of dwindling. And I'm like, you should really start on those white wines as well. Yeah, that, that makes two of us. Um, I know you work in the wine industry, so you probably drink anything, but are there any wines that you really don't like? Um, oh, look, I wouldn't say there's anything that I really dislike or anything that I hate, 
But, um, look, I mean, Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, for example, everyone tends to love Marlborough Sauvignon yes. Blanc, and I think it's a little bit, you know, tinny or minerally, for example. Mm. So, look, there are certain varieties that I like more than other varieties, let's just say. Um, yeah. And then as well, you, you like being able to try new and interesting. You want to find, you know, what's the next new and exciting, what tastes really good. Um, mm. I'm one of those people, you know, if everyone else likes it or tends to drink it, you know, I try to stay away from a little bit and find something new. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm the same with Sav Blanc. It's not it's probably my go-to drink. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I will look naturally, you know, working in the wine industry, we'll, we'll drink it and we'll happily drink it. But look, it is yeah. probably one of my less preferred varieties. Do you have an all-time favourite wine? And if so, why? So... For me, again, look, naturally it's going to fall into red wine because I feel like I'm all about reds at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, look, I'll probably go down two paths here for me. Um, look, you just can't go wrong with a big, oaky, bold Barossa Shiraz. Uh, yeah. I love those, you know, big, full-bodied red wines. Um, for me, Chris Ringland Shiraz, uh, you know, it's about $20 a bottle. And, look, that's a real crowd pleaser. Mm -hmm. That's always one of my go-to wines. And then the other angle is um, I really enjoy an easy drinking Pinot as well. So, I mean, whether it's from uh, the Yarra Valley, whether it's from uh, Tasmania, there's just so many good Pinot producers out there at the moment. So it's kind of funny, you know, just the complete opposite direction. So, look, I do love um, a big oaky Barossa Shiraz, but, look, I also yeah. do love a easy drinking Pinot as well. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's the occasion to drink the big heavy reds and then you can sort of drink Pinots sort of more all the time. Like you can kind of drink them all year round. Whereas I feel like a really heavy Shiraz, it's either with a really like big hearty dinner or it's more of a winter sort of style. Yeah, agree completely. But look, look, look I love it cracking open a big bold Shiraz um, you know, just yeah. the, you know, just the dedication and everything that's gone into that product and, mm. you know, just that full bodied mouthfeel as well. Um, it's just, you know, so good to enjoy. What's your favorite food and wine pairing? So oh, look, this is probably going to sound a little bit basic and I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> but look for me, it's champagne and seafood. I mean, look, you can't oh go God, wrong, yes. um, you know, with a nice bottle of champagne and some oysters, you know, it's just an absolutely perfect pairing. Um, but look, something that is a little bit different that I'd encourage more people to try. Um, look, I don't know how this will sound and some people might get a little <laughs> bit of shock, but champagne and fried chicken as well actually goes together um, very well. So um, look, I encourage a few people to give that one a try and let me know their thoughts on that. I have I have heard that before and I have heard other people say that it's a really good combo so I feel like I'm, I haven't tried it but I feel like I'm definitely gonna have to give it a try when you say fried chicken are you talking about like homemade fried chicken that you make yourself or are you talking about KFC fried chicken it can be either one I've, perfect I've, I've, yeah I've paired it with both I mean look it is quite funny to have a you know, bucket of fried chicken from KFC and then you have, you know, your 50 to $60 uh, bottle of <laughs> champagne in the other hand. Um, but, look, it does also work with uh, homemade fried chicken too. So you can try either one. But, of course, I mean, I'd I recommend the KFC one only because it's a, it's, a, it's a classic pairing and it looks quite funny. And especially as then if you're doing the KFC one, you can spend more on the champagne. So it Spot works on. out for the best. That, that's, that's a good thought actually. <laughs> works out for the best I'm definitely going to try it and maybe I'll even try it this weekend 
I can't wait to see the photos. Oh my God, definitely. Um, So I've actually just done my Wessett Level 2 training and exam on Monday, uh, Easter Monday, everyone. Um, Do you have any tips for people who are studying or are interested in furthering their wine knowledge? And are there any additional courses that you'd recommend that you've done or you know that other people have done? So you had your exam on Easter Monday? I did. I had a full day of wine training and then the exam on Easter Monday. Jeez, that's a that's a little bit harsh. Um, look, I'd, I know. <laughs> look, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you thought of it as well and the whole process. Um, but look, I think in terms of the most important tip I can give, look, I think it's just to enjoy the ride and make it fun. I mean, look, it's yeah. a great opportunity to learn about the world of wine um, and even to taste some interesting wines that you know you might not mm. um, you might not have heard of or you know you might not have tried on your own. Um, yeah. The biggest takeout for me, I think, was just understanding how big the world of wine actually is. Oh, my um, gosh, yes. But look, I'm quite f- working in the Australian industry. You know, um, I'd like to think I'm quite familiar with Australian wine and the Australian industry. But in the grand scheme of things, it just blew my mm. mind as to how big the world of wine actually is and how small the Australian wine industry um, is on that scale you know yeah. so you kind of think you know wine and then you're seeing all these regions and varieties overseas and you know your jaws nearly on the floor you're like geez I didn't realize there'd be this much and it was this big you know so mm. I think that was my biggest takeout just being blown away um of just how big the world of wine actually is no that was the same for me as well like my geography is horrendous um and just having to remember like all the little towns and there's so many places and then there's so many different categories with where the wine sits and like if you're in one area it could be this but if you're in another area it could be this and I'm just like oh my gosh it was a lot like I found it really interesting and like you said trying like lots of different styles that I normally probably wouldn't have tried um but I do I like how they're very it's all like the standard styles but I would like to I think do something on natural wine as well just so I have like a broader because I feel like Wessett is quite like your traditional styles yeah agree completely um and you mentioned was that Wessett 2 that you just did yes it was yeah. Wessett 2 I've done Wessett 2 as well I think the next step is Wessett 3 and I think yes Wessett 3 is actually a little bit more practical where you know you're tasting a lot more wines um, I even think you know yeah. you're marked on tasting notes um, and things like that. So I guess for the both of us, um, that that's the next step. I know I'm. I am considering potentially doing it, but yet yeah, we asked our um, teacher, and he said that yep, level three is a tasting exam, a written exam, and multiple choice. So I'm like, oh, it sounds like a lot. So yeah, I don't know. It does, and we always hear that you know, tasting wine and tasting notes, it's subjective. There's no rights and wrong, yes. and then they're going to tell us, well, you know what? No, you didn't taste that. No, you, you didn't, didn't taste smell it that. right. That's not in there, you know. So <laughs> come up to the last question. Thank you so much for joining me today. And this is probably the hardest question of them all. Um, for, from your favorite wines at BWS, which would you take to a dinner party, a barbecue and bring out for a movie night at home? Oh, such, such, such a tough question. I mean, so many good wines to choose from. So I am going to cheat a little bit on this question and I might say, uh, variety um and a bit of a region um rather yeah. than you know picking a wine in itself so did you say the first one was a dinner party yes a dinner party so for a dinner party um i'd actually go in a, a bottle of australian sparkling so look in Ooh, this okay, space yes. we're seeing you know australian sparkling at the moment the quality is 
bloody good. Uh, we're actually mm. seeing a lot of people as well. They're moving away from champagne and they're buying Australian sparkling, you know, because yes. Australian sparkling at the moment is just so damn good. So, look, a bottle of Australian sparkling, I save a little bit of money, you know, don't have to buy a bottle mm. of champagne. <laughs> um, and especially around that $20 to $30 price point, um, there's so much good stuff in that space as well. And, look, even at a dinner party, it still looks impressive uh, given some of the, you know, well-recognised brands that play in that space. Yeah, definitely. And I've also as well, um, just cutting in slightly, um, so me and some of my friends, we've actually been getting into drinking champagne from champagne that isn't one of the big houses. Yeah. Um, and actually discovering some, and I picked up one from Liquorland, sorry. Um, <laughs> there wasn't a BWS nearby. Um, and it was only $36. And I was like, oh, well, this is great. Like, I'm definitely going to get this bottle again. So it's been nice to sort of, yeah, try some different ones that aren't like your classic Moe and Chandon and Dom and all of those ones too. No, oh, and that's uh, that's why it's so good kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, being close to the wine industry, you know, because it's exciting, mm. you know, you want to discover new things, you want to find something new. And it's just, you know, being able to explore, um, explore things that, you know, you might not have, you know, necessarily had before or something that you didn't think you'd try, you know, because there's just so yeah. much out there. And it's just so exciting. Oh, my gosh, definitely. Um, what would you take to a barbecue? Um, so look, a barbecue, I'm going to assume, you know, there might be a steak or sausage on the barbecue. So again, mm. I'm going a big, uh, big oaky Barossa Shiraz. Yeah. Amazing. Sounds good. Do you have any that BWS currently have that you would recommend? Yeah. So Chris Ringland Shiraz, definitely. I think as, okay. as I said, it's about $20 a bottle. Um, you know, the bottle looks cool. It's a great looking bottle. Um, it tastes really good as well. A beautiful example of, you know, of, of that region and how Barossa Shiraz could taste. Um, so that Amazing. would definitely be my pick in that space. And $20 is great. Like you can buy a couple of bottles for that and it's not really breaking the budget. So that's also a good point too. Yeah, exactly. And look, you don't have to, look, you don't have to spend, you know, 40 to $50 um, to get a good wine these days. You know, there's plenty, yeah. uh, plenty of good, uh, good stuff available in more uh, appropriate price points. Yeah, definitely. And what would you bring out for a movie night at home? So I would go a bottle of Pinot for the movie night at home. So something even like a Devil's Corner, uh, yes. you know, look, a delicious Pinot um, pairs perfectly with uh, a movie on the couch, I reckon. Just so easy to drink, you know, so um, definitely a Pinot for a movie night at home. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Um, it's been so interesting to chat all about BWS. Um, have you got anything planned for the rest of this week? I don't actually. So funny enough, I got back from um, Adelaide yesterday um, yeah. and I've actually got the rest of the week off now, you know. So look, ah, I mean, awesome. I've got to, look, I think, look, not from work-wise, but kind of personal life, it'll be quite busy. You know, I got to kind of get back into my routines. I want to get back into the gym uh, yeah. and a few things like that and just start to get everything ready for, you know, the routine that'll take place um, next Monday. So look, not, not nothing too exciting, but, you know, just starting to get some uh, – starting to get some routine back and just get into some normality. Um, I think my liver needs it, you know, um, yes. after the past six days. Um, but, no, look, it's all, always good to get back into some routine. Amazing. Well, I hope you have a lovely rest of your week and thank you again. It's been a great chat. Likewise. And thanks so much for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting to you and my time on here. Thank you so much for listening. 
Please rate, review, subscribe and share with your friends. I'll see you next week for another closer look into the wine industry. Now go and grab that glass of wine. You deserve it.